Welcome back, everyone. The season is in full swing. The Atlanta Braves are doing awesome. At the time of this recording, they just came off of a five-game winning streak. First place in National League East, best record in the National League. Things are looking up, except for a small little snafu in San Diego. And the team isn't even fully healthy with a lot of members on the injured list. With that, today we're going to talk about the elephant in the room, Marcelo Zuna. He is doing terrible and he continues to get at bats. So let's talk about that. What are some options here? Why is he playing? What's something that the Atlanta Braves can do to offload that contract? And let's just talk about it. You know, let's take some time and let's truly break this down and talk about the Marcel Ozuna situation. Let's get started. Okay, so I have to be honest with you guys. When they first signed Marcelo Zuna, well, I should say when they first extended Marcelo Zuna, I thought it was an excellent deal because all the projections said he was going to make $80 million. And Alex Anthopoulos held out and held out and held out, and no one else signed him. And he was able to get him at a quote unquote discount, much cheaper contract than what the projections had seen. He ended up signing for a $65 million contract. That was 2021 through 2024 with a team option for 2025. At the time, that seemed like a really good deal. He was coming off a very solid season, even if he was going to be limited at DH. $65 million for the type of production that he was bringing with the bat was well worth it at the time. Did that turn out, though? Absolutely not. We all know the story. He had the off-field issues. He got injured, and now he has not seemed to be able to bounce back. Already this year, he has negative 0.7 wins above replacement. That is terrible. He is on pace for negative 7.56 wins above replacement. Negative 7.56 wins above replacement. That's insane. Lee Bad, he currently has a slash line of, at the time of this recording, a .075 batting average with an on-base percentage of 196 and a slugging percentage of 225. That's an OPS plus of 12. Yep, 12. That means that he is 88% worse than league average. 88% worse. Yep, doesn't get much worse than that. So, obviously, there's some variables in play here on why the Braves keep playing him. Obviously, they feel like they've got a lot of money invested in him, so they want to keep playing him to see if he can get out of his slump. That's pretty obvious. At least that seems pretty obvious. The other issue, I will, the other issue for fans that don't want to see Marcelo Zuna play, is that his underlying metrics show that he's underperforming. Meaning that if he can keep swinging the bat like he is, he will get out of his slump. Uh, it's it's that he's had some bad luck. Because you know this podcast, we keep it real. So let's look at this real quick. It's not anything exceptional by any means, but if he keeps swinging the bat like he is, the analytics show that it's only a matter of time that he will get a little bit better. Of course, when you're doing as bad as he is, any Major League Baseball player would surely get better at some point, (laughs) being 88% below league average. But let's look at these numbers real quick. He does have some positive percentages when it comes to stat casts. He's hitting the ball hard. 
his max exit velocity is in the top 23%. His average exit velocity is in the top 37%. His hard hit rate is in the top 22%. His expected weighted on base average is in the top 47%. And his expected slugging percentage is in the top 32%. And his barrel rate, which means when he makes contact, it is solid contact, is in the top 21%. And he's walking pretty well. He's in the top 25% in walk rate. His issue is that he's striking out like crazy. He's in the bottom 19%. And he's swinging and missing at a terrible rate of bottom 25% in the league. He's not chasing balls out of the... He, his chase rate is elite, pretty much. I mean, it's in the top 26%. Meaning that he doesn't chase balls out of the strike zone. But he's still swinging and missing like crazy, even with pitches inside the strike zone. That's what's crazy with him, is he's just swinging and missing. It's not like he's chasing bad pitches. He's just swinging and missing. But when he makes contact, he makes very good contact. So something needs to change with his swing, because he's swinging and missing at pitches inside the strike zone. Uh, meaning that he's not reading the pitcher well. You know what pitches are coming. But... These numbers show that with small adjustments of figuring out pitches, when he does make contact, he makes very good contact. Of course, he has three hits, two home runs, and a single. So, I mean, you know, yeah, he makes solid contact when he makes contact, but he hardly ever makes contact. Uh, but let's let's look at it, and let's just be honest here. Let's 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 be. You know, a lot of people obviously don't like Marcelo Zuna for good reason. But let's let's play devil's advocate here. His expected batting average is a 202. Not good. Right at the Mendoza line. But it's much better than a .075. And his expected slugging percentage is a 460. Which is still, if it was a 460, it would be really good. His actual slugging percentage is a 225. And his career slugging percentage is a 454. So his expected slugging percentage is still above his career average and is well above league average as well. And his expected weighted on base average is a 333 when his actual weighted on base average is a 199. Which shows that he is, if he continues to swing the bat the way that he is, his on base average is going to skyrocket uh, over time. Now, is that something that the Braves want to continue hoping happens? That's a different question. Uh, his, his underlying metrics show that he would be a serviceable number 7 or number 8 hitter. He's getting paid like a number 5 hitter. So, And his only job is to hit. He's not contributing in the field. When he's in left field, he's well below average. Defensively, he, as we've seen already, he's negative .7 wins above replacement. Is that something that the Braves want to continue to see? Another another thing that is a negative when you look at his numbers is one of the things that he used to always do for his career is his max exit velocity was always elite. And in 2022 even, it was top 6%. In 2021, it was top 7%. In 2020, when he was mashing, he was in the top 2%. He is not in even in the top 20% this year in max exit velocity he's in the top 23 percent so his max exit velocity has dropped and another thing that Marcelo Zuna always had 
going for him is he always had an optimal launch angle. To have more home runs and get more doubles and things like that, you have to have you have to hit the ball hard and you have to have a good launch angle or an optimal launch angle. 2022 his launch angle was a 16.5, and 2021 it was 14.5. 2020 it was 16.4. The lowest it's ever been in his career was way back in 2015 when it was 7.2, but right around. 2019, he really started getting a more optimal launch angle in bet- anywhere between 13.5 degrees and 16.5. Right now, his launch angle is 4.5. So that means even when he's making contact with the ball, he's hitting grounders, which is why he keeps hitting into double plays. The man cannot get the ball in the air. And that's also evident by his ground ball percentage. You can look at that. His fly ball percentage, meaning the percent of balls that he hits in the air is at 25.9 percent but his uh, ground ball percentage you know that's not a terrible fly ball rate it's really not the league average is uh, 23.1 percent and his career average is 23.4 however he's hitting the ball on the ground like crazy meaning he hardly ever hits line drives his line drive percentage is 11.1 percent of the time where MLB average is 25% and his career is 24.8%. So he's not hitting line drives. He is hitting ground balls like crazy. This year, his ground ball percentage is 59.3% of the time. His career average is 44.3 and MLB average is 44.8. He's hitting ground balls way above the league average and it's not even close. He basically has quit hitting line drives and either hitting a fly ball or hitting a ground ball. There really isn't any in between. And so that's really been his issue is he keeps hitting grounders. And this year, he usually mashes fastballs, okay? Like that was his bread and butter. Well, this year, on fastballs, his launch angle is a negative one degrees on average. So that means anytime he makes contact with a fastball, he's hitting it to the ground. On average, he's hitting it Actually, it's not even at a straight plane, it's down some. So on average, he's hitting a ground ball with a fastball. Last year in 2022, his average launch angle against fastballs was 18 degrees, which is a very optimal launch angle on a fastball when you're hitting it as hard as he is. Now he's hitting the ball very hard at 91.3 exit velocity with a launch angle of negative one. He's not hitting fastballs. He's doing the same thing with breaking balls. He's got a negative three launch angle negative three degree launch angle on breaking balls and he's not hitting those hard either only 83.3 so yeah there are metrics that are good for him you know there are and he would uh if he continues to hit the ball like he is some are going to start making the holes some of the balls are going to start going further and his average slugging percentage on base percentage on base average all of that should go up over time but it's not to the point to where it would be an elite level. Things are not going well for him, and he's hitting the ball on the ground way too much. You know, So that brings us to the idea, is it time to cut ties? You know, And so is it as simple as, you know what? You're, you're not worth a roster spot. And here's the thing. Marcelo Zuna, you, you, the casual fan will say, and again, I'm not judging casual fans. I love casual fans, but a lot of casual fans have said, just send him down to AAA for seasoning. You can't do that. Marcelo Zuna does not have minor league options. 
you, if you're unfamiliar with minor league options, you have three minor league options. And how that works is you have three years where you can be sent down to the minors and come back to the majors and vice versa for a limited amount of times. It's been changed recently in the past CBA. But you're only allowed to go back and forth between the minors and major leagues three years of your career. After that's happened three times, three in three different years, not three total times, but in three different years of your career, you no longer have minor league options remaining. And what that means is you cannot go to the minor leagues without meeting the waiver, uh, be put on waivers for other teams to claim you. And if another team claims you, they do not claim the entire contract. That's why the Braves have not done it so far. It's not like, hey, we're going to put Marcelo Zuna on waivers and hope that someone picks up his contract. It doesn't work like that. If he gets put on waivers and another team claims him, then the other team is only responsible for the league minimum So, for the rest of the year. So it's not even like they'd pay the full $750,000. They would pay the prorated amount of the contract at the league minimum. So they'd pay the prorated amount for 2023 of league minimum, and they'd pay $750,000 next year for him, and the Braves would still be on the hook with all that dead money. That's one of the reasons they have not exposed him to waivers yet. So it makes us wonder, okay, what are the true options here for Marcelo Zuna? So with that, I think it's a good time to take a break, and then we'll start exploring some options. Are there other contract swaps that are out there? Uh, should the Braves just cut ties with him? Um Things like that. Let's let's take a break and we'll jump into it. All right. So before we move on, let's talk about the best Braves group on Facebook, the Atlanta Braves dugout. That's where everything started. It's where this podcast spawned from. It's got great moderators and great admin team that really allow you to talk your opinion on the Braves without feeling like you have to be positive all the time without feeling like you need to be negative all the time. You can have true debates about the Braves. You can learn about the Braves and you get to meet 8,000 plus great fans of the game that you can just talk about the Braves. They have game threads every week that while you're watching the game, you can talk the game with people and you have active admins and mods who really mod the group to make sure that it's run like a well-oiled machine. So if you have not checked out the Atlanta Braves dugout group on Facebook, this is me letting you know you should do it. Do it today. Go on your Facebook, join the group, and let's talk some Braves baseball. All right, now that we're back from break, one thing we're going to talk about is what's been going around the internet a lot lately, especially now that Ozuna keeps continuing to fail, is... Are there bad contracts that can be swapped with his so that his salary will come off the books and hopefully this player that the Braves pick up will have a fresh start at a new team, convert to the Braves way if you will. You know, the Braves have been very successful in taking players that can't that have struggled hitting and then be able to hit very well. Someone like Orlando Arcia, for example. There's been a lot of players like that that the Braves have been able to convert to really good hitters that were maybe not as good hitters as before. Braves also have a decent track record with pitching as well. So are there some teams or or whatever that would trade with the Braves that would take on Marcelo Zuna and take on some bad contracts? So what I've done is I've looked at some potential 
players that the Braves could potentially do this, although, full disclaimer, odds are very, very slim that a move like this would ever happen. One, typically when a contract swap happens, it's between two teams that are not doing well. What I mean by that is, do you remember when the Braves did the contract swap with Matt Kemp? Do you remember how bad they were back then? That's why they did it, because it was purely just to move money around while they were waiting to be competitive. The Braves are obviously very competitive right now. You keep looking at all the power rankings. They're typically in the top three for good reason. They have a very, very good team. They won a World Series in 2021 and should compete for another one this year. There's no reason to take a big risk just to take a risk, just to take some money off the board. So with that being said, let's look at some of the potential bad contracts across the league and see if they fit. But I'll go ahead and knock the first one off. So before Madison Bumgarner was, you know, let go by the Diamondbacks, that was one that was talked about a lot because his contract was obviously very bad. Uh, he underperformed by the Diamondback, for the Diamondbacks really bad, and he got bad worse and worse every single year. Between his two-plus years in a Diamondbacks uniform, his ERA was just under six. He's obviously cooked, if you will, especially pitch, pitching for them. This contract kind of made sense, or but it didn't really. Small part of you thinks, well, we've heard he's a Braves fan, or he's from the area, and you think of the awesome off-seasons that Bumgarner had, you think, oh, he's a postseason legend. The Braves are going to go to the postseason. But that's living in the past. He doesn't have that stuff anymore. And if you think about it, the Braves' back-end rotation is not weak. You know, look at Bryce Elder. The Braves have depth in the back end of their rotation. So really, you'd be taking on Madison Bumgarner's contract, even though it lines up pretty well with Ozuna's. You know, they could make the money work. I mean, it's not within without the realm of possibility that they could make the money work to where it was a pure 100% contract swap. Where, you know, both teams, their books don't change at all. But would that really do anything for the Braves? Not really. You're looking at putting a guy, getting a guy that can't be sent down to the minors, so he has to be on a major league team, and he'd be competing for the fifth spot in the rotation with guys like Bryce Elder, who has been excellent, that can also, if something happens, be sent down to the minors because he's got minor league options. So Bryce Elder is more valuable than the massive Bumgarner. Even Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd. I mean, they yeah, they've had some bad starts. They've had some good ones, but they have minor league options, so they can go back and forth. You know, Madison Bumgarner does not have that possibility. It just doesn't make sense to bring Madison Bumgarner. But alas, it doesn't matter because he's been released anyways. But I still want to talk about that since that was brought up a lot before uh, the Diamondbacks let him go. Okay, so the easiest way to do this outside of Mass and Mumgarner is to look at which players have two years left and which players have one year left because Marcelo Zuna has two years at $32 million. So we can look at some other players that kind of line up. Madison Mumgartner, for reference, had two years left and $37 million. So if it was a straight contract swap, uh, Marcelo Zuna was actually $33 million guaranteed. So it was in 
four million dollars within four million dollars. So they could have made the money work. You got other bad contracts that other two-year contracts is James McCann from the Mets, twenty-four point three million over the next two years, and Hunter Dozier for sixteen point seven five million for the next two years. Neither of those two guys really make sense for the Braves. The Braves don't need a player like Hunter Dozier unless the Kansas City Royals just really want to get rid of him and the and the Braves could use him as a bench bat. But even then, does that really make sense? Instead, if it was a straight contract swap that the Braves would be saving money and the Kansas City Royals would be dumb, but that wouldn't happen. You'd have to add a ton of prospects. You'd have to make the money work somehow, and the Braves would have to give up a lot so that the Kansas City Royals would take him on, not to mention the off-field issues. And then you'd essentially be replacing Ozuna with Ozuna that can play the field. That's pretty much all you would be replacing him with. Hunter Dozier's current uh, slash line right now is a 146 batting average, 167 on-base percentage, and a 220 slugging percentage. That's worse. His OPS plus is worse than Marcel Ozuna's. Of course, 2022 he had a 92 OPS plus which is still below average and in 2021 had an 83 2020 had a 99 I mean for the past three years before this year all three years were below average offensively I mean that that's not you'd be you'd be giving a bunch of prospects to offset the money for a bench bat that you'll probably end up releasing anyways so it really just doesn't make sense James McCann, there's literally no reason to bring in another catcher for the Braves. They've got the best catching tandem in Major League Baseball. And if you wanted a third catcher, you just use Chadwick Trump. You don't need to bring on money in a James McCann situation. We can look at one-year contracts, one-year bag contracts, if you will. We've got Miguel Cabrera, but he can't be traded. So that doesn't matter anyways, unless he wanted to move over. But he got Miguel Cabrera cost the same amount in one year that Marcelo Zuna would cost in two years. So that makes no sense, even if they could trade him. Brandon Crawford's got one year left at $16 million. That could be a fun one to explore, uh, just because Brandon Crawford has traditionally been good on defense and sometimes has had an above-average bat, somewhat underrated player. He costs about what Marcelo Zuna does per year but only for one year so the Braves would still have to add to bring him over plus Brandon Crawford has a no trade clause based on his 10-5 rights so then you look at his stats this year and say whoa he's been as bad as Marcelo Zuna he has a negative 0.7 wins above replacement with a 151 batting average and uh, OBP of 250 and a slugging of 283 with an OPS plus of 45 uh, no thanks. You're not going to... Yeah, if the contracts were exactly the same, two years, $16 million each, sure, maybe you'd swap them so that the Braves have a, a backup infielder rather than a guy that can only hit. That would be the only upside to that. But again, that's only a one-year contract, whereas Marcelo Zuna is a two-year, so there's no way the Giants would do that. It doesn't make any sense. Remember, whenever you're doing a trade, it's not as simple as, hey, you have a player on your team. I want him. Make this trade happen. No, the other team has to agree, and it doesn't make any sense for the Giants to take on two years of Marcelo Zuna just to get rid of one year from Brandon Crawford. It doesn't make any sense. Another one-year contract that's bad, if you will, is a Paul DeYoung. 
another shortstop, but there's a reason why he's not starting for the Cardinals, right? So is that, and he's only 9.2 million, so the Braves would have to do a lot to offload, you know, Marcelo Zuna's $33 million guaranteed over the next two years to take on a backup infielder that only costs 9.2. That's a massive difference in the amount of money on the books. So it doesn't make sense for the Cardinals to do that whatsoever unless the Braves were to give up some of their best prospects for a one-year contract for just this year. So really, they'd be paying con- they'd be paying prospects to get rid of money for a guy that's a backup infielder who only has a one-year contract. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense unless the Braves front office sees something in in Paul that the rest of us don't. This was probably the most fun one that was mentioned to me, and it would be kind of hilarious. Is Josh Donaldson only has one year left, but it's twenty-one million dollars. Can you how funny would that be if Josh Donaldson came over? back to the Braves uh, and play was the backup to Austin Riley. Now, of course, Josh Donaldson, if you're bringing him over, is probably going to get some uh, some time at first base or third base is kind of a as the to give those guys rest but also play a lot of DH. Josh Donaldson, he has not been performing up to his level recently, but let's be honest, we know that he's got a lot more potential than someone like Marcelo Zuna. So, could that work? He's got one year, $21 million. He's making more this year than Marcelo Ozuna is making this year. But Ozuna has a two-year contract. Would the Yankees take on Ozuna? I don't think that they would. The Yankees have no reason to bring on Ozuna. So the Braves would have to somehow entice them to make that deal. Plus, the Braves would be higher into the luxury tax because luxury tax is based on annual value, not total value. So does it make sense? Like, this is one that I'm sitting here in my mind thinking, this probably, of all the one-year contracts, has the highest probability of happening. But if I was to put odds on it, I'd say the odds are extremely low, like 3 or 4%. Uh, does it make sense for the Braves? Kind of. Josh Johnson has a better potential than Ozuna just for the fact that he does have a better defensive floor that he can play on defense some. And we've seen what he can do with the bat when he's fully healthy, but he never stays healthy. But I just don't see a a world where the Yankees would do that because they'd be taking on, they'd lower their annual cost per year. So that would help them in luxury tax as far as luxury tax goes because sure, it's more overall money, but their, their annual value per year would drop some. Would the Yankees do it? The Braves would probably have to give some prospects for it. And the Braves don't have great prospects. They have like a handful. That's about it. And it's only one year of Josh Donaldson. Could it happen? Yes. Should it happen? I won't say it should. But could it happen? I'll say, yeah, less than 5% chance. But that was a really interesting one. I just wanted to bring it up because I don't think it'll happen. But it's just kind of really like a, a fun mind bender to think about just for what it's worth Donaldson in 132 games last year had an OPS plus that was six percent below league average and this year he's got an OPS plus of 35 of course he's only played five games so the rest of the one-year contracts that come to mind that are bad I'll list them but they literally make no sense for the Braves 
Yasmani Grandal for the White Sox, $18.25 million for a one-year contract. Braves literally have no reason to bring him on. And, again, that's only one year, so the Braves would have to compensate for that second year that is owed to Ozuna. Not going to happen. Doesn't make sense to make happen. Mike Moustakas, $18 million in one-year contract. Doesn't make sense. He's He would not play for the Braves. Uh, the only thing that would... I mean, it would help the Braves, of course, because it's only a one-year contract. But why would the other team do that? You know, it just it's one of those things where, sure, the Braves would love to do that because you're taking money out the books for them. But the other team wouldn't do it. So it's not going to happen. And then Joey Votto's owed $25 million this year. Even if the Braves wanted to do that, even if the the Reds wanted to do that, Joey Votto, Votto doesn't want to do that. And due to his 10-5 rights, which if you're unfamiliar, if you've been in the league for 10 years in the same team for five years, you automatically are able to veto a trade if you want. Joey Votto has made it very clear that he's not leaving Cincinnati, so it doesn't matter either way. So Joey Votto, although it probably wouldn't make sense anyways for, for the Braves because uh, their AAV would go up quite a bit, that wouldn't happen anyways. So uh, those are the one- and two-year contracts that make sense. I've heard a lot of other players been tossed around, but listen, if the years are not close, and it just doesn't make sense for the Braves. And I'll give an example. A lot of people keep talking about Javi Baez because the Braves could use a shortstop. He's doing terrible for the Tigers. But look, his contract does not end, or he doesn't hit free agency until 2028. He's owed $98 million after this season. He has a player option after this season that he's going to exercise. He would be stupid not to exercise that player option, meaning that whoever takes on Javi Baez is going to have him through the year 2027 and owe him another $98 million after this season. Why in the world would the Braves do that? Sure, the Braves could use a shortstop with Arcia Hurt, but Arcia is coming back. And Von Grissom, yeah, we know he's he's got some defensive downfalls, but his bat is better than Baez's right now. Is that really something you want to do is pay $98 million after this season? just to get out from under a two-year contract with Ozuna, the Tigers would take that in a heartbeat. They would love the Braves to do that. If the Braves called them and said, hey, would you do this? The Tigers would say, yes. Wouldn't even, thought, wouldn't even think about it. No questions asked, yes. Does not make sense for the Braves. The Tigers would love it, obviously. The Braves would, that's just not, first of all, that's not in Alex Anthopoulos's, he doesn't do that. He doesn't take on long contracts post-free agency. It's just not what he does. Ozuna was probably the, it actually was, the longest and biggest contract that he's given out post-free agency. What I mean by that is a player that has hit free agency, not before. Obviously, he's given out bigger contracts than that before players have hit free agency. But post-free agency, and Baez was a post-free agent. Uh, There's a post-free agency contract. It just doesn't make sense. I, I hate to rain on anyone's parade, but what a lot of people have said on Twitter that I agree with, I mean, I, I've talked to a lot of people. I mean, Grant McCauley and Doc Herbert and all those guys, like Braves Twitter royalty, they'll say, they've said it best, is honestly, there just isn't a good option for the Braves to trade Marcelo Zuna. There isn't a good option out there. 
And so also not to mention if they could have, they probably would have in the offseason. So ultimately, the only thing that can be done is Marcelo Zuna be released for the Braves to to save $750,000 a year and also open up a roster spot. That's really the only thing that can be done for Marcelo Zuna. He can sit on the bench and be a bench player. I think really what's happening right now is the Braves are giving him an opportunity to turn things around because if you look at his expectancy stats and his stat cast and things like that, he has been unfortunate uh, due to small sample size. And we talked about some already. And they're kind of giving him a chance to turn things around and prove that he can turn things around. He's kind of being tested right now early on in the season. And if he doesn't turn things around, I would not be shocked if he's released. And the Braves just eat the money at this point because he is taking up a roster spot. And the Braves, they don't have a really good farm system, right? So it's not like he's blocking anyone from coming up from the farm, really. Other than, like, maybe you could argue Grissom. But... Grissom, you know, has come up since R.C. is hurt. There's not, like, one prospect that he's really, really blocking or anything. So I would say that the two likeliest options is they just either write out his contract or they release him. The swapping of contracts just most likely is not going to happen. All right, that's this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, even though it was kind of a downer episode. It was just something that needed to be talked about, and I really did enjoy it, and I hope you did too. Don't forget you can follow the show on Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter or my personal Twitter at Sports. We have a Facebook page, a Facebook group, a website, all that stuff. Make sure you check out the show on Good Pods, what we're verified, and email the show at bravesdugout at gmail.com for business inquiries. Thank you so much. All this information is in the show notes if you don't want to listen to it again, if you want to get a hold of the show. With that, as always, go Braves. <laughs>